I remember times in my life when people have done small things to help me feel appreciated. And a lot of times it's really meant a lot to me. And so pointing that out to other people, I think, uh, hopefully helps them feel, feel like they've had an impact, a positive impact on at least, at least me in my life and hopefully other people. That's Jacob Maurice. I'm Greg Baird. You're listening to the Photo Gregor Podcast. Today on the program, I'm talking to Jacob Maurice. He is a father of 10 children, and he's an inventor and an entrepreneur. And I think you'll enjoy this conversation. After the episode, stay tuned. There is a musical number that Jeff Hurst, episode 15, and Jacob Maurice, episode 16, this episode, and me and another guy did for our church group. It's a traditional hymn in the Christian style, and I think you'll enjoy that. So if you want to hear that at the end, stay tuned. And for now, let's get into Jacob's episode. Well, I am here today with Jacob Maurice. Jacob is a neighbor of mine and pretty remarkable in some normal everyday ways. And uh, welcome to the program, Jacob. Thanks, Greg. It's good to be here. Jacob, are you famous? Uh, nope. Are you on the way to being famous? Uh, hope so, but probably not. <laughs> are you just are you just a normal everyday guy? Uh, pretty much. Except this one thing. And that's what you're here for. Kind of. There's some other things I want to ask you about too. But Jacob, how many kids do you have? I have 10 kids. What's the age range? Uh, the oldest is 12, just turned 12, and the youngest is two, so a little less than 10 years between all 10 of them. And what is the maximum number of kids that you had in diapers at any given time? Uh, I think only four. Only four. Yeah. I don't think we had five. <laughs> I think it was just four. Just four. Okay. Whew. That was close. I thought it might have been five. <laughs> yeah, we were close, but I think uh, one was potty trained right before the other ones came, so I think we barely made it. Yeah, you say other ones. How many sets of twins was that? Uh, two sets of twins. So, three and number three and four are identical boys, and number four, five and six are fraternal boys. So they're about nineteen months apart between the two sets. So, I guess one of the questions I have that's it's just wildly entertaining to think about that many kids at a house. But like, what's what's home like? Uh, I mean, it's just kind of normal. There's a bunch of kids here bound to have at least one of them screaming at any given time um but i they're good kids it's just every kid has is noisy and cranky and whatnot some of the time so it seems like there's generally one that's noisy and cranky yeah that, uh, that happens between me and my wife when when the kids are out too so one of us is noisy and cranky yeah well <laughs> i have that problem too yeah we all do um but so let's talk about some of the rewarding things what 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 are some of the things that have just been a joy and a blessing with the specifically with your family structure? Uh, so my kids really quite like each other. It's just really fun to see. Uh, they're always, um, always have someone to play with, someone to do things with. And um, it's just kind of fun to have that, that close knit of a family. Uh, it's just, there's always, I mean, I can always find someone who will like me. So <laughs> selfishly, there's always somebody that will like me. Even if eight kids don't like me, I can find someone who will want to go to the store with me or hang out with me or play a game with me or whatever. 
So there's just kind of always things going along around. And if you kind of just sit there and watch, you can see the friendships between the different siblings and them playing around and them teaching each other and them helping each other and caring about each other. And it's just kind of a kind of neat thing to see because, I mean, usually when we think of kids, we think of the fights between siblings, which we, of course, have. But uh, there seems to be a lot more of camaraderie and the kids kind of wanting to be with each other and joke around and wrestle and all that kind of stuff. So it's fun to just, it's fun to just kind of be, be there with them. That's probably my favorite part is just watching them interact. Yeah, for sure. And, and, uh, and so it sounds like, uh, as a group, they're pretty mellow. They are. I mean, I mean, it can be chaos at times, I'm I'm sure, but, oh, of course. but if you're, if you put 10 kids that age together, it's not going to be mellow, but it sounds like they're getting along, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they, I mean, they have their, their bouts, but my, our oldest set of twins talk about how they don't like each other all the time. And then you go downstairs and they'll be, they'll have their arm around each other watching movies and different things like that. I'm like, sure, you don't like each other, but you're always snuggling with each other or hanging out with each other. So they just, the kids pretty much love each of the other ones. You think that's just a statement of them trying to be independent in a situation where they're identical? I think so. We, originally they were in the same class, same school class and they didn't seem to hang out together in class, but uh, they, I think they kind of fed off each other a little bit, just knowing they're in the room. But um, when we separated them out, uh, they're fine, but they still always kind of gravitate back to each other, even when they're not with each other all day. Now that they're in different classes, they kind of just, but I think they like to be their own person as well. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. Um, how do you get that many people around? Like, like, uh, I guess weekly, I could probably guess you guys are going to church, and yep. and is are there other things you're doing all together as as a whole family? Yeah, so I mean, we'll go out to eat every once in a while. We'll go. My wife takes them most of them out to the park on like every day of the week, different parks around the city, and okay. Um, so originally, I mean, when we had when we had two kids, we bought ourselves a minivan. And, uh, and do you just laugh at that decision now? <laughs> it seemed like a good decision then. I mean, I was like, we need a minivan. We only have two kids. We can drive another one. But my wife was pregnant and we bought a minivan. And then we found out we we're having twins. So the regular car wasn't going to work anyway. So we got that. And then we had another set of twins, which sized us out in less, eh, about two years, sized us out of a minivan. Um, but being a mechanical engineer, I figured out how to go and read up on the requirements to put extra seats in a vehicle and started adding more seats into our car. So we at one point had a minivan that seated 10. Like you had a third, uh, a fourth row in uh, a minivan? No, no I had, uh, was able to get four in the back row, all buckled in and put uh, two Ford F-150 jump seats between the middle seats and the front seats. <laughs> and I made sure to follow exactly what was required by, um, by law and by <laughs> highway and everything. And, got those all in but man it was a it was a tight fit yeah i imagine i i mean it's so so tight a fit that uh you know i drove past your house at one point and i saw that you had uh cut your garage open so that like was it was that a height or width thing oh so yeah so we uh ended up finding a really good deal on a ford uh transit van uh-huh. that seats 12 mm-hmm. and i thought you know we're just gonna have to park this on the side of the road and we got it home and um 
I was like, you know what? This looks like it might fit. So I kind of pulled it in and we had a, it was, it fit, but it was really tight. And we have a closet that feeds into our front room Mm -hmm. in the back corner of the garage. So I ended up uh, cutting out the outside. There's a corner in the um, corner in the garage where the garage door comes down. We, I took a reciprocating saw, cut that out and cut out a couple feet on the bottom of that, um, the bottom of the closet in the front room and now it's able to fit with a few inches to spare yeah that, it looks like a tight fit you, <laughs> you, you can't you gotta leave the garage door open when you're the driver to get out of course but oh because you gotta get around it you gotta get around but yeah it's uh worked really well and there's a lot more space for the kids there's it's a 15 passenger van size so we've got a lot of room in the back so last year when we took a 10-day trip through iowa and a bunch of states we were able to pack everything in there and worked out great. That's cool. That's cool. How many four-wheeled vehicles do you have at your house? I'm talking skateboards, scooters, and and the like. Uh, uh at least twenty. <laughs> Man, I just I have three boys, and I just I I don't know. I marvel at like at uh, your family the the way you the way you guys go about things and just you know as i as i watch you uh, we're not we don't see each other a lot but uh, i go past your house every now and again and and uh you know it looks like your kids are always outside playing having fun it's just yeah it's it's a good environment um one thing that i wanted to i mean that's super interesting to me and i think that's part of uh, that's definitely a reason you're here but there's also another reason you're here um on Facebook recently, you've been spotlighting people, and I read those, most of them. Um, sometimes I see it and go, oh, I'll get back to that, and I, and I don't. But I'm I'm watching you talk about people who impacted your life for better, and I want to know, like, what's what made you think to start that, and what's the goal with that, and what, what does it do for you? Uh, so it actually started, so my dad had a coworker back when I was, I don't know, maybe eight, maybe not even that old. And Mm -hmm. I'd, it was a Christmas Eve day. My dad had work part-time, like a half day. And I'd been fighting with my older brothers. And so he took me to work with him because he had to work. And I got there and there was a guy there that, um, that was like, just really nice to me. He showed me how to play the games. I don't know. He may have only spent a couple of minutes with me. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. But from that moment on, he was like one of my favorite people ever. So I, I only remember maybe five times ever seeing him in my life. Uh, he was a professor at the college I went to, and so I went and visited him once up there. But um, So I was remembering, I can't even remember why, but I maybe I think I had a dream with him in it. And I think I was thinking how I'd like to thank him or something, and so I decided to tell the story on Facebook. Uh, the problem I found with social media for me is that it's always either um, – super depressing or it's people sharing their life of of how awesome their life is and kind of just showing the silver lining of their life and so I wanted to be able to show happy things that didn't boast about how awesome I was and I found that sharing stories about people that had impacted my life and thanking them basically for the good contribution they've had has kind of helped me feel it's it's fun for me to do and, and what's the response been from some of those people? Um, 
so I actually started off by not tagging people. And then I thought, you know, I probably should tag people. And I've had some, some really kind, nice, um, reciprocal, hey, you were great too kind of stuff, or thank you so much, this really made my day. Uh, my mother-in-law, who I wrote about at one point, um, was very nice about it, but I think she got a little bit uh, embarrassed by all the attention she was getting from it. Okay. <laughs> I can, understandable. But I think overall it's been good. It's kind of, I mean, I, I remember times in my life when people have done small things to help me feel appreciated. And a lot of times it's really meant a lot to me. And so pointing that out to other people, I think, uh, hopefully helps them feel feel like they've had an impact, a positive impact on at least at least me in my life and hopefully other people. Yeah, well, and, I, and I, I'm looking at it. Um, you're here in my studio and I'm spotlighting you because you've impacted my life and I think you're pretty cool and I just think Thanks. you're pretty awesome. And so getting you on the podcast was one of those things. That I think it's this, we hit upon the same idea and we're carrying it out in different ways. I, I, I appreciate you and I really think that, uh, well, I like the fact that you're doing that. Um, how many people have you spotlighted so far? Uh, maybe a dozen, maybe a little more. Seems seems about like what I've seen. Yeah. I don't go I don't go on Facebook a lot, but I tend to see those, and you know, I'm a fan. I like that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they're my. It's it's just fun for me. I don't have to worry about the backlash when you post something political or whatever. It's just just kind of makes me feel feel good remembering these people who have been good positive contributions to my life. So how many people do you have left to spotlight? Uh, probably hundreds. <laughs> Only three people have impacted me in my life. So we're done. We're done. <laughs> no, I, I actually thought of someone else as we, I was walking in. I'm like, Hey, tomorrow I got to write one about him. Yeah. Do you write that on your phone or do you keep a list? Um, I've got a big, uh, uh, just a word document that I write in and add to the word document and then post it on, on there. But I mean, it's weird. Cause it kind of just, I don't really plan. I tried for a while. I was like, Hey, I'm going to make a list of people. And it's just kind of, I just kind of know who I'm supposed to write about. Yeah, it's it, it has to come natural. You can't force things like that. When you do it, it just doesn't feel sincere. Yeah, and it's just like, hey, I need to I need to write about this person today. And so I do. Yeah. Well, and I've I've got uh there's a little more planning with this uh podcast, like but I've got my wish list and and so far I haven't had anybody tell me no for for desire reasons. I had one person who's uh who I really admire who's a single mom. And has two jobs and is just trying to keep everything together. And she just said, I want to. I just don't have any time. So hopefully one day I'll get her on the on the program. But uh, things have got to calm down for her just a little bit before that'll <laughs> happen. But uh, you, you can you can do yours anytime. I can't, I'm kind of jealous of that because I had to plan things out and get people to commit and get them down here in my basement and all that stuff. Yeah, it, I, it's funny. I had a comment on there once that was... Uh man, this is a great idea. I wish I would have thought it for, thought of it first. And I thought, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, Steal it. I, I haven't patented the idea. Feel free to go and write about people who've impacted your life. I think uh, I think it just brings some, it's more uplifting to the world than stuff that I typically write. Yeah, and I've started noticing most, most of my friends are not posting on Facebook. So when I see something on Facebook, it's usually a friend of my friend and usually only the posts that have got some traction, and usually those are either super negative or just kind of viral in ways that I just don't want to participate in. So, 
Yeah, and I, f- I found with the world today, it's with political things and coronavirus things and whatnot, it's really easy to kind of look at other people and think of how they their thought process and what they're going for is wrong. And so I found myself, part of it, I think I was, I found myself just thinking those kind of things and I don't like it. It doesn't, it doesn't uplift me at all to be down on someone because they're not doing the thing that I think they should do or whatnot. So this has been a really positive way to just look at the positive impact people have had. Yeah. And so what do you do for work? Uh, I'm a mechanical engineer, product designer, actually, uh, started, can you say what company? Uh, I started a business three years ago, so I oh, your own. work for myself. I have a couple of products that I designed and sell on Amazon, and but mostly it's doing consulting work for other companies and businesses. Oh, nice. So what what kind of market are you trying to be in? I mean, what's your what's your what's your core customer? Um, right now, it's kind of anything. My favorite thing to do is consumer products. Mm-hmm. So I've done some baby safety stuff. I've got a really compact stroller design that I'm working on for myself. <laughs> it's, it's patented. Don't worry. <laughs> good. Good. Um, um, but I've, I've done aerospace things, done medical things, just a lot of different stuff. And so you take those work as freelance then? Yeah. So just consulting work and it's, it's been really nice. We've been blessed to be able to, I've been blessed to be doing it for three years and not have to have quit and found something else. And, so it's been a been kind of fun, and I get to get to be around my family more, uh, for the most part. Um, yeah, I'm sure a big project will be a rough couple of months, but yeah, but uh, yeah, most of the time you're able to stay with them. Yeah, but I've done, I mean, done some pretty cool stuff. So yeah, so what what is, what is some of the stuff that uh, I know you're proud of this this stroller, and I hope it's successful. What are some of the things that uh, you've done that have been successful in in, in other product lines? Uh, I was the, I did the mechanical design for the very first ring doorbell, wow, which is really? fun because most people know that. Uh, back then, it was called the Doorbot. The guy who who uh, came up with it went on Shark Tank, and a bunch of the some of the stuff he took was things that I designed specifically for him. Nice. Um, done that. There's a I'm helping on a project that's going to be on a lunar lander, uh, part on a lunar lander. There's a, a bunch of other kind of some medical devices, just, just a bunch of, bunch of different things. Well, that, so I didn't know any of this before, before we started talking about it. That's sweet. That That's the, that's the kind of, uh, well, I'm a real nerd for that kind of stuff, so, well, especially well, space and, and mechanical engineer i was going to be a mechanical engineer that was that was my thing i was going to do it and and uh i i ended up in business school and now i work <laughs> in education it's like your life takes you in different different ways yeah, right it always does but, but i'm i'm such a geek for that kind of stuff yeah i love it it's why when you said am i going to be famous anytime soon that was i kind of hope so a little bit <laughs> with, with product design but yeah that's not the goal but the indication of the the goal is to have a successful successful, successful product thing. right I, I want my products to be famous, not me necessarily. So I can, my, one of my strange goals is to be able to go into like any Walmart and walk past with someone and say, Hey, see that thing on the shelf right there. I designed that. That was me. Or maybe just even a hinge on that thing or some yeah. other part, but functional part, right? But it'd be really nice if it was my thing that I actually came up with and all, but yeah, I've had, I mean, I've had things in various different places and high profile places, but it's, it's kind of fun to see out and about. 
That's cool. I, I, uh, I work with, uh, um, my day job, I work with university students and some of my students have gone on to be rocket scientists, scientists <laughs> at, at the local, uh, I, I, I guess I don't, I don't want to shout them out, but there's, there's some local NASA connected, um, rocket places here in Utah. Um, and I've got a, I've got one that got an internship, uh, doing some, I think it's nuclear fusion experimentation or so. I'm not sure exactly, awesome. but, but yeah, when I see these people that I've employed and I, I try to give them jobs that are important, that, that mean something. And then they use those as resume and fodder and they end up getting great jobs and, and they get jobs in the kind of thing that I, I'm just kind of jealous of. Anyway, makes me happy. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what, kind of things do you do for fun um i imagine right now it's a lot of time spending with kids and raising them but 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 when you get some time to yourself what do you do uh so i i did woodworking all through high school okay and i have a lathe in my garage um a bunch of woodworking tools so i don't i don't do a whole lot of it but that's kind of my uh just a little bit of my passion is building things Frankly, fixing things is fun too. Um, I do a lot of 3D printing, sometimes for fun, most times for work, work things. But uh, music, I uh, sang all through high school, really like to sing. Uh, that's one of my hopeful goals in life is I get some time and some people and I can do a little, a little bit of performing would be fun to do. Just kind of acapella stuff and whatnot. Yeah, well, I think you're qualified. Thank you. Um, for those who don't know, that's mostly how I know Jacob. Is we at church ended up singing a couple of acapella um, hymns for our congregation, and that's pretty sweet. And uh, he's got a beautiful voice. And I just I don't know. Jacob's one of these people. One of these people. So what do you want to uh, let's let's fast forward a few years. I mean, I know you've got plenty of living to do in between, but your, your kids are going to be gone one day. What do you hope to be doing with your time? Um, obviously you're going to be still working at that point, um, in mechanical engineering, but what do you want to do with your time for, what are you looking forward to? I guess is, um, well, one is I'm looking forward to sleeping in without someone kicking the door. (laughs) That'd be nice. Um, Look, uh, I mean, I'm I'm pretty far out from this, but looking forward to grandkids. Uh, professionally, I'd I'd love to uh, love to get to a point where I had the kind of money where I could go and in college I did uh, research on designing products for uh, developing worlds, mm-hmm. the developing world, so things to help them make money and help them improve their lives. So I would love to kind of be in that situation where I could. Uh, it takes a lot of money. It's hard to hard to make a lot of money selling things to people who don't have much money. But I'd love to be in that business where I could help improve a lot of people's lives in some of these other countries. Would be awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. I uh, I've uh, I've had a few people sit in that chair and 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 talk about what they're doing. And, and one of them was a uh, was a uh, 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 Miss Utah um, who has gone to Africa and did some service in Mexico and some other places. And she, she went to Africa helping them build wells so that they could drill for water in, in, in parts of Africa, which, you know, I just, 
I think that would be so rewarding. And I, I don't know that I, I, I don't, I'm not there for sure, but, but, uh, I, I would envy that if you get there, that that would be something I would envy. Well, and I found, I mean, I've, I've designed a lot of products that frankly are just kind of make life nicer for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stuff I really am passionate about is things that make life better in the sense that, um, bringing comfort to people, helping people be happier kind of things. I've got one of the products I designed myself as a garbage disposal switch that you put on your garbage disposal and then it makes it really hard for kids to turn it on. Mm, Okay. And it's that kind of thing that I like because I know for me having that on there makes me feel a whole lot less um, nervous when I'm around the garbage disposal that my kid's not going to be on the, on the side flipping it on while my hand's down there. And so I'm, (laughs) Hoping that the people that buy that off of Amazon are getting kind of the same, same stress reduction that I do. Yeah. So it's, it's those kind of things that I think are, are fun and really make it worthwhile. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the necessity, like my kids are grown enough that that's not an issue for me, you know, I could, but I can see the necessity being the mother of that invention that that's, that's a real thing for you guys. Oh yeah. Cause <laughs> Hey, what does this light switch do while you're doing dishes? And then all of a sudden, yeah, I can see. Well, as, as a guy with high anxiety, um, that has for a long time just been a very scary thing for me. Oddly enough, I've never met anyone who's been hurt by a garbage disposal, but it's still kind of there and it's kind of mostly taken that away. Yeah. Well, I, I, I feel the same way. Like, like when I'm in the bathroom and I'm, I'm using cotton swabs to, get my ears cleaned out. I make sure that I'm standing still in one place and, and, and I just make sure that the, the door is shut and nobody's going to come in and bother me right at that moment. Cause I don't want to go through my eardrum. And yeah. when I, when I do use the garbage disposal, I go, okay. And I always take a second to think about it. Okay. It's safe. You know, I just, I, I wouldn't call it an anxiety of mine, but I just, why would I ever chance turning that thing on? yeah oh yeah with without some safeguards well it's just i mean this one i have actually automatic has an automatic shut off too so it was fun to work i had my wife look at it and give me tips and stuff and i mean it's just my kids are up by that thing all the time and never once have i do i ever remember them flipping that thing on when i didn't want them to yeah so let me ask you this have you you've seen them i'm sure the table saws that as soon as you touch the blade the thing stops dead yep is that something you could incorporate um, well, part of the problem with that is, uh, that part would be really hard because one, it totally destroys the table saw. Yes. And two, things like hot dogs make it stop. And uh. so <laughs> you'd, you'd be ruining your, your garbage disposal about every time you turned it on. Cause you got meat and different things back there that would trigger it and water and whatnot. But yeah, that's a good idea. Things like that to kind of, it's not, it's not carry outable, but it's a decent idea. <laughs> yeah. And part of it, I mean, I, I don't think. I don't have never actually heard of anyone for real, maybe once in my life, getting their hand hurt in one of those things. I think it's more of a perceived thing mm. that it just, it's just, I'm just self-conscious about it because it's a big giant spinning thing. Yeah. Well, why would you volunteer to get hurt by that? I, there's a few <laughs> things I'd volunteer to get hurt by. That is not one of them. <laughs> Interesting. So, so I, to get personal a little bit, I've been suffering a, a bit of anxiety myself in the last three years. It's, it's new oh, to my life. And so, and you mentioned your anxiety. 
do a lot of the adventures you come up with have to do with some of your anxieties? Um, not a lot of them, but some of them just having things. I mean, I've got a comb, a little wallet comb. So you've got a comb in case you walk into something that's, I mean, frankly, a little bit of an anxiety reducer because if you're going into a meeting or something, your hair's messed up, you can fix it. But yeah. Um, I don't worry about that anymore. I just, I, well, <laughs> I'm just so bald. It doesn't matter. I, I'm, I'm thinning so much. I'll eventually be almost bald, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think, uh, I think a lot more will I've had anxiety for anxiety, depression, things for the last, I don't know, 15 years probably. And it's interesting. It's, uh, been switching around medications, going to counselors and things. And I'm, I've actually been really, really pleased with how the world has opened up to it. Because mm-hmm. I, 10, 15 years ago, it seemed like talking about it was super taboo. Don't talk about it. It's something nobody wants to hear about it, any of these things. And it's just, it's something that needs to be out. People need to be able to talk about it. Because that's how, that's part of how you get relief is to be able to talk about it. No, you're not the only one that's suffering from problems. And yeah, well, so it's been really nice. And I, and I never really poo-pooed it before or any mental illness for that matter. But, but, uh, you know, when things are really bad anxiety wise, I, I've been to the hospital a couple of times to get, I'm having a heart attack Yeah, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure you know the feeling well, right? I, um, I, I fortunately knew what was happening when I had anxiety attacks. So I knew it was, if I hadn't have known what it was, I would have thought that there was something really super wrong with me. Yeah. And it's, and so that doesn't help your anxiety when you think you're having a heart attack. Oh no. Um, but, uh, but you know, the feeling, right. And oh, so, yeah. and so I, I vowed that I'd be a little more public with it and I, you know, I don't share it with everybody and I, you know, I, I haven't shared it on this podcast yet, but it's one of those things that when it, when it clamps down, it's, oh, it's horrible. It's hard to be functional at that point. And, and it's hard cause you can look at it and be like, oh man, I got a, I've got a good wife. I've got kids. I've got a job. I've got a house. I've got all these things. Why am I? stressed why am i why am i depressed at this point and it it doesn't really make a lot of sense yeah so how do you function even within that um so i take medication i have a counselor that i go to every week uh and sometimes i mean sometimes i don't uh my wife has been really supportive mm. of it and it's honestly that's been one of the nice things about having my own job is I can take a break if I need to. Mm-hmm. I can sleep in a little bit if I need to a lot of the days and things. Um, and it's funny because people are like, oh, well, you have 10 kids. That's why you're anxious. But actually, I don't think it has much to do with my kids. It started before before I was married. Um, but it's just kind of a almost a one day at a time thing sometimes. And a lot of it's just, I mean, I'm I'm living in a constant constantly feeling stressed. I think one of the nice things is I don't think people realize unless I tell them, I think I seem kind of laid back. Yeah. Had, well, and, and that's, that's the impression I've gotten is you, you seem pretty chill, which, which means either, um, you can logic your way through this deeply emotional and physical thing that you're suffering from and still be functional. But that's from me looking from the outside. Um, I'm sure it doesn't feel like that all the time. Yeah, it's, well, it's funny because it, it doesn't. It feels like I'm stressed all the time, but I'm able to kind of not freak out for the most part. It's yeah. usually just when I'm at home with my wife that I have panic attacks and have those kind of things. But um, it's weird because there's things that I just don't stress about. 
Um, can't afford to, or you just, it's just it, or it just never has stressed you. It's just not worth it. Uh-huh. So when, when my oldest son was about two, I had a, an iPod nano. If you remember those things long ago. Yes. And it was like a $200 iPod nano. And I, he spilled milk on it and just ruined this thing. And I thought at that point, I was like, you know, I can either freak out about this or I can not. And I decided to not. And so that's kind of when things break and certain things happen, they just, I'm like, this is fine. It's no big deal. Um, but then there's other like just totally silly things that stress me out. <laughs> so it's the less logical stuff that's really where the anxiety is. So the things that I can control, I'm like, hey, it's not worth it's not worth stressing about this thing. So there's some things that I should probably stress about that I don't and other things that I stress about that I totally shouldn't. It's kind of backwards a little bit. Yeah. So what's your message to people who are maybe listening who suffer from anxiety also? Well, first one is it's not easy but you're not alone. And if you haven't talked to someone, if you haven't, haven't gone, got medication or gone and talked to a counselor, it helps a ton. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're not broken. It's just like, I mean, it's just like if I broke my leg, I wouldn't be like, Oh, come on, just tough it out. Jacob, you can handle this. It's just a broken leg. Just hop everywhere for the rest of your life. It's not like that. It's a lot of times it's a, it's a chemical imbalance in your brain that it just, it doesn't make sense, but you wouldn't, just don't don't try to rough through it but yeah um, it's it's real yeah those feelings are real but they're not caused um they're caused by the chemical imbalance yeah and i mean i've had frankly had suicidal times in my life yeah and the fairly recent past when i've been close and i've and it doesn't make sense i'm like it's it's surreal you're like what the heck is going on yeah what is this but i think it's talk to someone and know that people care about you. Even if it doesn't seem like people care about you, people really do care about you and they, they want what's best for you. And so go find one of those people and talk to them. And yeah. if you can't find one of those people, find a, find a, um, professional. They'll talk you through it. Well, I'm here to say if, if you need somebody to talk to, I'm, I'm here. I'm hey. just down the street from you. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so what's, what does Jacob look like five years from now, 10 years from now? What's, what's the future for you? Oh man, so giant house, Lamborghini. Uh, just kidding. I don't care about any of those things. Um, You're too tall for a Lamborghini. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I I would not feel comfortable in one of those. Um, my my dream car was always a Toyota Camry. So that that tells you how weird I am. Um, oh, that's what I drive now. It's actually it actually is my dream car. It. It takes me from here to there. Oh, yeah. It right? gets great gas mileage. It's also just big enough to hold all my photography gear for, for a photo shoot. And, like, literally, it's great. Yeah. And and uh, people are like, you fit all of that in a Camry? Yes, I did. You know, I just, <laughs> I love it. it. I don't, for me, a car is just transportation. And therefore, that that uh, class of car, the, the small car that gets great gas mileage. That's my dream car. I just, I just don't want to spend any more money on transportation than I have to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I don't, I mean, I don't, don't really care about big houses or expensive electronics or four wheelers or boats or any of that stuff. I mean, that's future. The good future to me is happy family, maintaining a good relationship with my wife. My kids are all hopefully going to be doing well and 
working hard in school and I'll be in school in five years. We'll have them all in school. And, um, I'm hoping I can get to the point where I'm just doing the work that I want to do to build up my own business and to, um, to kind of build those products that will help people. So I guess in a lot of ways, similar, similar to what's going on now, but, uh, just a little more successful, a little less stressed and a little more healthy. Yeah. That's, you're still a fledgling business. So I can imagine how nice it would be to get that business to where it's kind of on autopilot or maybe where you have a couple of employees or more that, that, that help you get all your work done. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to have the money to buy a Ferrari. I wouldn't buy one, but it would be nice to have the money. <laughs> so then, you switched from Lamborghini to Ferrari. Oh, did I switch that? I don't know. That's the same thing to me. I don't care about either of them. Tell how important these things are to you. <laughs> well, listen, Jacob, this is, this has been a great conversation. Um, I found out a lot of new things about you and I like, I didn't expect to not find out things because we we're, we we're not especially close, but I, I value you and, and you've been a good part of my life. Um, and yeah, I just thought that if I'm going to get some celebrities on my podcast, that's great. But I also want to have a healthy dose of normal everyday people. And you're one of those. And thank you. And I'm finding out that you're not so ordinary at all. <laughs> you're, you're pretty extraordinary and I appreciate you coming on. Hey, I appreciate it. You've been an awesome friend to have. Thanks, Greg. You're welcome. So that is Jacob. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, As promised, Jacob and I and Jeff from episode 15 had recorded a hymn that we sang live in church one day because they asked us to. Um, I hope you enjoy this hymn. It stars Jeff on the lead for most of the song. Jacob's the lead at the beginning when you hear the first little bit and I'm singing the high tenor and Jacob moves down to the baritone after Jeff comes in. So, uh, along with the other friend who sang bass, this is, I need the every hour traditional hymn. I need the every hour most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to Abide, or life is vain. 
Bless me now, my Savior, I need Thee every hour, most holy one. Oh, make me Thine indeed, Thou blessed Son. I need Thee, oh, I need Thee every hour. me now, my Savior, I come to Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come